Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate directly to the podcast any amount by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, I want to say thank you to Philip Sharkey, and I also want to say thank you to someone else, and I hope I say all of this correctly, Benedict Yuan Von Dugan Blumen Minor, Greg. Thank you both for your donations. I truly do appreciate it. Along with From John to Justin, I have Canadian History X, which just passed its 500th episode, and it comes out every Wednesday and Saturday. As well, Pucks and Cups is returning from its hiatus, and it's coming back next week. That's where I look at the early history of hockey from about the 1890s to about the 1940s, 1950s. And I look at the rough and tumble years, the players, the teams, everything. So make sure you subscribe to Pucks and Cups, which is coming back from its hiatus next week. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37, as well as TikTok at Bairdo37. And I put up weekly YouTube videos all about Canadian history. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash Canadian History X. When the Canadian Alliance was formed from the Reform Party and members of the Progressive Conservatives, Preston Manning was out and he was replaced by a new man, Stockwell Day. And that meant a new leader of the official opposition. Before we get to that though, we need to jump back to the very beginning. Stockwell Day was born to Gwen and Stockwell Day Sr. in Barrie, Ontario on August 16, 1950. Day's father was a supporter of the Social Credit Party and would run in the 1972 federal election against the leader of the NDP, Tommy Douglas in Nanaimo. Stockwell Day Sr. would finish fourth in the riding, 23,000 votes behind the winner, Douglas. His father was also a vice president with the Sellers retail chain. During his youth, his family moved around because of his father's job, and he would live in several places in eastern Canada, including the Maritimes, Ottawa, and Montreal. He was in Montreal, he would graduate from Westmount High School, and in that city he was also a gifted soccer player and could be found scalping hockey tickets outside Montreal Forum. He'd also gain a passable command of French there, and he would say years later, quote, It would be nice to be fully immersed for a period of time. As it is, I can go into restaurants and most business meetings and fool them for the first few minutes. End quote. After high school, he traveled across the country and enrolled at the University of Victoria and then attended the Northwest Bible College in Edmonton but did not graduate from either institution. While living in Victoria, he would buy a 1956 Plymouth for $25 because, as he states, the radio worked. Safety inspectors, though, stated the vehicle was not roadworthy, so he bought three hens that provided him with eggs and he would walk the hens on a leash while they lived in the car. Finally, a bylaw officer informed him that he could not have the hens, and he would say, quote, I tried to suggest they were my pets, but he didn't buy that either, so that night, there was a nice roast chicken dinner, end quote. Just as a side note, you could have just given them away to somebody else, you didn't have to eat them, but hey, man's got to eat, I get it. Around this time, he would meet his wife, Valerie, and they would marry in October of 1971. He would work on a fish boat on the west coast and spend time as an oil field worker in the Northwest Territories as well. He even worked as an auctioneer for a short time as well as a chicken peddler. A lot of the work he did was to pay off a large business loan after his auctioning business burned to the ground. As an installer of Draper tracking equipment in Edmonton, he would get his first look in the legislature. He would say, quote, I got my first inside glimpse of government while standing on the desks of deputy ministers removing ceiling tiles. End quote. 
Day would work as an assistant pastor and school administrator in Bentley, Alberta from 1978 to 1985. In 1986, he made the jump to provincial politics when he was elected in Red Deer North to the Alberta legislature. When he got the nomination, he would state, quote, I have gambled, I have put it all on the line, let's put it on the line together, end quote. He would hold this riding for the next 14 years during a transformative time in Alberta under Premiers Don Getty and Ralph Klein. In December 1992, after becoming Premier, Klein made Day the Minister of Labour. In that position, Day would oversee major and controversial changes to the ministry, including laying off several people in the civil service. In his time as Minister, Day achieved a 5% voluntary reduction in collective agreements with the Alberta Public Service Unions. As well, during his time as minister, Alberta had the lowest number of days lost due to labour disputes in the country. Day would also eliminate the Compensation Board's unfunded liability of $600 million, which reduced premiums for businesses and increased workers' benefits. In October of 1994, Day became the government house leader and one year later was made the Minister of Social Services. In March 1997, he became the provincial treasurer, where he oversaw the paying down of Alberta's debt while cutting taxes. Many of his constituents described Day as someone who could hold one-on-one talks or speak to a crowd and form a connection. Patricia Wine, who ran the Red Deer Food Bank from 1990 to 1998, would state, quote, He did listen, but he took the information and did what he felt was appropriate with it. That wasn't always what I felt was appropriate but at least you knew that he had listened to what you had to say, end quote. Day would save his connection to people, quote, People tell me that I communicate one-on-one or to a crowd in a way that there is a connection. People look at my record and see I can work and build consensus around a table and get the job done, end quote. Day would court controversy in October 1997 when he stated the convicted child killer Clifford Olson should be released into the general prison population so that, quote, Moral prisoners will deal with it in a way which we don't have the nerve to do. End quote. In April of 1999, Lauren Goddard represented a man who would be convicted of possessing child pornography. Day would send a letter stating that due to Goddard arguing in court that the Constitution protected a man's right to possess child pornography, then he must believe that teachers should have the right to have pornographic images of their children. Goddard would sue Day for defamation. On December 22, 2000, when Day was in Parliament, the court found it in Goddard's favor with the settlement costing $792,000, which included $60,000 in damages to Goddard. For legal fees, the cost was $225,000 and $474,000 went to Day's lawyers and $2,900 went to cover the Alberta Justice Ministry's legal costs. This was paid for by the Alberta taxpayer, although Day eventually paid $60,000 to the Alberta government. Day would also write a letter to the local paper stating that he regretted causing personal hurt to his former friend. Day would state, quote, I'm sorry the way it turned out. The principles I addressed in the letter are very important principles. End quote. Harold Jansen, a political science professor, would say, quote, It took taxpayer money to settle what was an incredible lapse on Day's part. He's got to try and move past it, but the damage is done. End quote. Despite this, Day remained popular in Alberta and other provincial politicians were taking note of him. Ontario Transportation Minister Tony Clement would say, quote, He's got a very bright future whether in Alberta or beyond. End quote. In 2000, Day decided to run for the leadership of the Canadian Alliance Party. Day's campaign was heavily publicized and he would defeat former party founder Preston Manning on the second ballot with 63.45% of the vote. He would tell his supporters, quote, 
This is a new century, this is a new party, it is a new day in Canada. End quote. Day now needed to run for Parliament, and he chose not to run in his home riding of Red Deer, and instead ran in the riding of Okanagan Coquihalla, which was vacated by Alliance MP Jim Hart. Day easily won the by-election on September 11, 2000. In 2007, allegations would be brought forward by the Liberals that stated Jim Hart had accepted $50,000 to step aside so Day could run in the riding. Hart would send an email to CBC that did not deny the allegations or question the authenticity of the evidence the Liberals had. The RCMP would investigate but found no evidence of wrongdoing. With his election win, many in the country were wondering about this new person now leading the Canadian Alliance. McLean's would write on November 13, 2000, quote, He is a charming, glib man, obviously a nice man who would help Granny across the street, but he is a blank slate, someone who would approach the Prime Minister's chair with fewer former credentials than any aspirant in our history, end quote. Personally, this may be an exaggeration. Brian Mulroney was elected as Prime Minister in 1984, less than a year after he first entered Parliament, and he had never held any government cabinet post. Day had 14 years in provincial politics, including ministerial posts. The biggest story of that election win would come when Day held his first news conference, arriving to it on a jet ski while wearing a wetsuit. The incident was mocked in Parliament with Joe Clark stating the Canadian Alliance should rename itself as the Costume Party. It should be noted that there were many who praised Day as a new type of politician who understood the visual needs of an election, which the country had not seen since the days of Pierre Elliott Trudeau. While Day was mocked for the wetsuit, his supporters highlighted that Trudeau was praised for images of himself in a French bathing suit, jumping into water for a swim on the campaign trail in 1968. Soon after Day was elected, Chrétien called a snap election for November 27, 2000 to prevent the Canadian Alliance from having time to consolidate itself. The party had high hopes for the election, even with the short notice though. Day would save the election, quote, I had been leader for 35 days when the election was called. Jean Chrétien was politically smart to call it early. End quote. The hope of the party was the media-friendly image of Day would appeal to Ontario voters. The platform document would feature pictures of Day jogging, lacing up skates, and other activities to give the image of a younger man compared to the image of Chrétien, who was 66 years old at the time. Even press tags issued to the media had Day's image on them. One Alliance party member would state, quote, it looked like a vanity campaign that was all about image and little substance. End quote. There was the worry that Day's fundamentalism would deter many voters, especially with his views against homosexual rights and state-sponsored abortion, and his support of capital punishment. One website also released letters his father had written to an Alberta separatist organization. Murray Billet, a member of the LGBTQ organization Equal Alberta, would say of Day, quote, He's not a bad man. He always gives us respect and listen to us, but he imposes his religious views on the province and his day-to-day legislative responses. End quote. There would be some moments of stumbling for Day on the campaign trail. One was when he stated that the Niagara River ran south out of Canada when in fact it runs in the opposite direction. Day would make light of it, stating, quote, The geese are flying north. The Canadian Alliance can turn almost anything around, folks. End quote. Stockwell Day took his campaign deep into southern Ontario today, all the way to Niagara Falls. The Alliance leader traveled to the U.S. border in an effort to hammer the Liberals and their economic policies. But as Eric Sorensen reports, Day found himself fighting an upstream battle at one point. Yeah, someone asked me uh, about the wetsuit, it would have been great. 
seal over that. For someone who likes photo ops, it doesn't get any better than this. But for the second day in a row, things didn't quite work for Stockwell Day. Yesterday, Day decried the so-called brain drain south to the U.S., but picked a high-tech company that's actually hiring Americans to come north. Today, he used the Niagara River as a backdrop to try to make his point again. Just as Lake Erie drains from north to south, there is an ongoing drain in terms of our young people who leave the country. Oops, Lake Erie drains from south to north, and until Niagara Falls starts rising, the analogy isn't going to be very effective. We will check the uh, record. If uh, somebody has wrongly informed me about the flow of this particular water, then uh, I'll be having a pretty uh, uh, interesting discussion. Ontario's geography may not be an election issue, but it's critical territory to the Canadian alliance. Day has spent his first two days campaigning here, trying to get the better of his two main foes, the one he attacks and the one he ignores. Jerking around the public like we're yo-yos on the end of a string. That's what the Prime Minister has been doing. Day criticizes Jean Chrétien and the Liberals over and over again in every speech. And you don't even hear the words, I'm sorry, from the government. But he never mentions Joe Clark and the Tories. I, I don't have the time, as I said, to deal with all the inaccuracy of the Liberals or to talk about all the uh, par- uh, policies of the other parties. Yet in dozens of ridings in Ontario, the Tories and the Alliance are competing for many of the same voters. I have been a supporter of the Tories for some time, except now we're all very confused. Good to see you again. Ben Harder is seeking an Alliance nomination in the Niagara area and concedes the Tories cannot be taken lightly because of the potential for splitting small-c conservative voters again. That's a risk always. You have, I think, at this point, some very hardcore Tories that probably will vote Tory regardless. That's what Bonnie Brown hopes. She's the liberal incumbent in Oakville, and she's worried that Stockwell Day and the Alliance may be gaining in Ontario. There will be some ridings where he'll probably be successful. Um, I don't predict that Oakville will be one of them. If the Alliance is actually emerging as the main alternative to the Liberals in Ontario, it may explain Day's strategy. Ignore the Tories, and perhaps Ontario voters will too. Eric Sorensen, CBC News, St. Catharines, Ontario. The most damning news for his campaign was when it was revealed that during a speech at Red Deer College, Day stated he believed the world was only 6,000 years old and that humans and dinosaurs had coexisted. While most considered religion out of bounds in an election campaign, Ontario Premier David Peterson would question his intelligence over the matter. This would hurt Day in several Ontario ridings and it was widely mocked in the media. Warren Kinsella, a Liberal Party member, would state that Day thought the Flintstones were a documentary. Day would suit back over the matter, stating, quote, There is scientific support for both creationism and evolution. I don't think I should have to debate interpretation of Genesis any more than I would expect Jean Chrétien or Joe Clark to debate Catholic teaching on transubstantiation or the Immaculate Conception. End quote. Progressive Conservative leader Joe Clark would respond, quote, All of us in public life have to be judged by what we believe, what we do, and how we perform. When you choose to go into public life, it is full immersion, and you have to accept the consequences of that. End quote. Day would also use Ordinary Day by Great Big C at a campaign rally without permission, and the band would demand he stop using the song for campaign purposes. At one point on the campaign trail, an activist splashed two liters of chocolate milk on Day from the front of the stage during a speech to protest what he saw as a homophobic comment by Day, as well as anti-immigration and anti-poor agendas. Mary Walsh of This Hour Has 22 Minutes would later offer Day chocolate milk, stating, quote, All they had was homo, and I knew you wouldn't like that. End quote. 
In one incident at Carleton University, student protesters disrupted Day's speech to the point where he had to slip out the back door with a bodyguard and get into another car to escape the throng of protesters. The Alliance would put forward direct democracy proposals during the campaign. This would require a referendum on any proposal of 3% of Canadians signed a petition, which would be about 350,000 people. This would be satirized by Rick Mercer on This Hour Has 22 Minutes when he proposed a petition for a referendum that demanded Day change his first name to Doris. The petition received 370,000 signatures, reaching the required threshold. And before long, there was over 1 million signatures. As we all know, Canada is a land of many different types of people. However, as Canadians, I think there's one thing we can all agree on, and that's this. That Stockwell Day has lots of good ideas. I think his best idea is his proposed referendum legislation. Basically, if any group of Canadians presents a petition with 350,000 names on it, or 3% of the electorate and the alliance forms the government, they will hold a referendum. Now, sure, critics point out that this type of legislation will tear the country apart that it will drive the federal government into bankruptcy as we face referendum after referendum. Well, while this may be true, it doesn't change this simple fact that if Stockwell does it, we here at 22 Minutes would enjoy it. <laughs> so in preparation for an alliance majority government, we are asking our viewers to take part in an exercise in democracy. We are asking you to sign a petition that you will find at 22 Minutes Com. There are one million Canadians watching right now. All we need is 350,000 signatures. If we make it, the 22-minute referendum will become a reality. Now, the petition simply states, we demand that the government of Canada force Stockwell Day to change his first name to Doris. Now, any time there's a national referendum, yes, it costs about... $150 million. But I think I speak for all taxpayers when I say it's worth every penny. So please, log on now or tomorrow at work, especially if you work for the government. And let's help force Stockwell Day to change his name to Doris Day. Why, you may ask? Because it'll be fun. And remember, this is not only an exercise in democracy, this is an exercise in national unity. Making Stockwell change his name to Doris Day is something we'd all enjoy. English, French, black, white, straight, gay, especially gay. And in these bitter times of national unrest, isn't it time that everyone in the country could enjoy a laugh at someone else's expense? So log on now. And together, let's put democracy back into the hands of the people. At the French debate, many were surprised at Day's awkward French. Previously, the Canadian Alliance had touted Day's fluency in French, but that did not seem to be the case. During the English language debate, Day would come out with a handcrafted sign that read, No Two-Tier Health Care, to counter claims that the party would bring in the proposal if elected. Party strategists had tried to convince Day not to take out the sign stating it violated debate rules. Clark, a seasoned veteran of politics, would state that Day was, quote, trying out for the position of game show host, end quote. Earlier, Day was upbeat, clearly believing he was the winner of last night's debate. 
Anybody watch TV last night? Anybody? Uh... Day is convinced he dealt a blow to Jean Chrétien, and he hopes he's convinced Canadians once and for all his party doesn't support two-tier medicine in Canada. No two-tiered health care. I even tried to hold it up last night for him. We think he's getting the message. And I'll say it again. Day's flair for the dramatic and his willingness to flout the rules of the debate ensured a memorable moment. Day held up a sign, then walked directly towards the Prime Minister to ask him to back off allegations the Alliance supports two-tier health care. Answer the question. Answer the question, sir. Thirteen times Day implored Chrétien to answer, answer the question. It didn't help Day's cause that the other leaders are also telling Canadians the alliance would move the country towards two-tier health care. Two-tier is here. That allowed the Reform Party uh, to come forward with its proposal for two-tier health system. As for seeking an unfair advantage in the debate, Day says that was no prop he used, it was just part of his notes. I respected the rules and uh, I, I showed my notes to the Prime Minister at one point because uh, he obviously doesn't seem to get the picture that people want truth in this campaign. In the 2000 election, Day would lead the Canadian alliance to a gain of six seats, but it was not enough to unseat the third majority won by Jean Chrétien and the Liberals. But Day was able to win more seats than his predecessor, Preston Manning, ever did, and he also took a larger share of the popular vote. Controversy would follow Day after the election. In April 2001, it was reported that Day had approved hiring a private investigator to dig up dirt on the Liberals. On April 7th, he confirmed he had met the man. Then on April 8th, he denied he met the man, and the next day he claimed he had read about the meeting in the Globe and Mail. Many Alliance members began to grow critical of Day's leadership, leading to several members, including last week's subject, Deborah Gray, to resign from their posts and then resign from the party itself. In the fall of 2001, only one year after he was chosen as leader, Day agreed to step aside and recontest the leadership in March 2002. Day would say, quote, I'm ready, I'm willing, and we will assess things as we move forward to an announcement the first week or so in January. End quote. In that leadership election, Day was defeated on the first ballot by Stephen Harper, who took 55% of the vote. Day would urge the party to rally around Harper. He would state, quote, We're so glad there is a conclusive result here tonight. End quote. In December 2003, the Canadian Alliance became the Conservative Party of Canada, and Day chose not to run for the leadership of the party. After the Conservative Party won the 2006 federal election, Day was made the Minister of Public Safety on February 6, 2006. On October 30, 2008, he was appointed as the Minister of International Trade, and on January 19, 2010, he would be appointed as the President of the Treasury Board. By this point, many felt that Day had exceeded expectations. One University of Toronto security expert would say, quote, He's eluded the expectations that he'll be a gaff-prone minister, end quote. After winning several elections, Day announced on March 12, 2011, that he would not run in the 2011 federal election. Day would say why he gave so much notice in resigning, stating, quote, It takes time to nominate a candidate, and they want to be ready. There could be an election soon, end quote. After his retirement from politics, Day would start a government relations firm. On June 14, 2011, Day was appointed as a Distinguished Fellow with the Asia-Pacific Foundation of Canada, a role he would continue in until 2016. Day would serve on the Board of Directors of TELUS and as a Senior Strategic Advisor to the law firm Macmillan LLP from June 2011 to June 2020. He was forced to resign from both positions after he stated he supported the rights of people to protest but opposed the George Floyd riots in the United States. 
He would also say that systemic racism did not exist in Canada, stating that he was bullied as a child for wearing glasses, suggesting it was the same as having to endure racism. And I'm sorry, I reject the Prime Minister insinuating that all Canadians are somehow racist because our system is systemically racist. It is not. I, I have, I know Canadians, I know friends, I know relatives, and I know my opponents who are adversaries, and most of them are not racist. Should we all be more sensitive about any kind of hurting or insulting people, whether it's racist or not? Should I have gone through school and be mocked because I had glasses and was called four eyes, and because of what my, uh, the occupation my parents showed, should I have been mocked for all that? No, of course not, but are Canadians largely and in majority racist? No, we are not. Tellus would respond by stating, quote, The views expressed by Mr. Day during yesterday's broadcast of Power and Politics are not reflective of the values and beliefs of our organization. Day would apologize the next day and vow to fight against racism in all forms. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Stockwell Day. Next week, I'm looking at John Reynolds. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Maclean's, Wikipedia, Red Deer Advocate, Edmonton Journal, Calgary Herald, Ottawa Citizen, Vancouver Sun, The Windsor Star, and The Montreal Gazette. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.